MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds and every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports simplified. All you have to do is pick your pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head on over to prizepicks.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. And next, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up today to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T slash S-G-P-N. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to betterfantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is episode 96, I think. Is it 96? That, that sounds right. <laughs> okay. You're not allowed to talk again. 96. Um, I'm going to dedicate this one to all our Dutch friends. Why? Because we are uh, – I just checked our um, the charts the other day, podcast charts, and we're – ranked in the Netherlands now for some reason. Well, I guess they like fighting. In the- I think my co-host, I think his origin story, I think it, it comes from the Netherlands. Well, we'll uh, I'm not going to let him talk until he's introduced, so we'll uh, we'll get more on that later. But I think he he speaks their language, or you're, you, you good people's language, so hopefully he'll have something to say to you once I introduce him. But thank you, no matter where you are in the world, thank you for listening to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, like I said, episode 96, two weeks away from the big 100. Episode 100, my co-host promises he's got a bunch of stuff planned for that episode. A lot of big surprises, so I can't wait to can't wait to uh, to hear what that could be. Uh, who would this co-host be, I'm speaking of, who I'm making promises that he never really said? His name, um, he's got lots of different names. We um, Usually he goes by Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Um, and I was talking about lightning last episode with him, lightning striking twice, and it, it actually did. Lightning struck twice uh, in a couple occasions. His huge under, short notice underdog came through again, lightning striking twice. Plus, he he actually beat me two events in a row. Squeaked by, but it's still a win's a win. Uh, um, so yeah, he um, he had a good night last night at uh, at the UFC. But I think we'll we'll cover Bellator first because he didn't do so good at Bellator. That would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello, Mr. Vreeland. So, so I, I almost had that clip like ready to go to play to you when you said that the only way Chris Curtis could win would be if Lightning struck twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and, I did. And here, and here we are. I also said that, uh, and I, I thought that this analogy hold, held particularly well, 
it may need to be lightning striking twice, but Brendan Allen is going to play outside with a baseball bat up in the air. Uh, and I feel like he did exactly yep. that. <laughs> and it was not a wooden bat. Like, I no. hoped it was going to be a wooden bat. It was not. It was no, it was like a three-foot three long, yeah, yeah, three long aluminum bat tied to another aluminum bat. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. He got his mullet fried, that's for sure. Um, I, I, I was correct. You are Dutch, correct? Yeah, uh, the last name Greenland is. I, I'm, like, yes. only, like, you know, it, I'm Dutch in the way that, like, people in America all say they're from a European nationality yeah. that they think is cool. Um, I'm not actually, like, any percent Dutch. Like, I can't trace any of my family back to it. I'm pretty sure, like, the, the whole, like, northeast New York area is kind of all Dutch. Um, yeah. So, so like, I, you know, I'd probably have some sort of ancestor from there, but... Uh, I'm mostly actually Polish. My mom's side of the oh, family really? is Polish, which I can trace back to actually my great-grandma, who I uh, was living when I was a little kid, uh, was from Poland originally. So, uh, yeah, po- Poland is the one that I actually can trace it back to, but Vreeland is a Dutch name. Well, we are not ranked in Poland right now. So do you have something you want to say to the people in Netherlands, Dan, in their native Yeah, there, there's, very, there's very few phrases I've remembered of when I tried to learn Dutch because I went to Amsterdam for a little while, and uh, yeah. it, I tried to learn a whole bunch of things, and then I went, went to practice them. They were like – they just looked at me stupidly and then said the words in English. They're like, do you mean thank you? Uh, but it, since, we're, since we're charting in, in – uh, in the Netherlands, I'd just like to say to all of our, our Dutch listeners, uh, uh which I'm pretty sure, if I'm saying it correctly, means thank you. <laughs> that sounds funny regardless. It doesn't yeah. matter. I don't care if it's right or wrong. That's a yeah. funny sounding expression. I remember Badonkiveil and uh, Ik ben in Shieldpod uh, from my uh, language learning software, which means uh, the very convenient phrase, I am a turtle. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. That always comes in handy. Always comes in handy. So, yeah, let's, let's break down Bellator first, Dan, because Bellator went well for you, right? Bellator 272 on Friday night? I mean, not bad. I, I went 2 of 5. No, I went 2 of 5 yeah. and hit a 170 underdog. Um, and, and let's be honest real quick, too. I, it, all-time bad beat in the main event, right? Yes. Like, I mean, Kyoji Horiguchi is beating the ever-living hell out of Sergio Pettis. I think uh, Grabka Hitman, I think it was, uh, posted – on Twitter, like, four seconds before Pettis landed that blow um, with the spinning back fist. If you haven't seen it, Twitter, it's worth looking up. Um, but, like, four seconds before that happened, Grabka Hitman posted, like, Pettis is going to need a miracle in order to win this one. And then, like, and, there you go. After, and then shortly thereafter, he was like, well, there it is, a miracle. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, that doesn't – maybe I'm just salty, but that just doesn't impress me. Like, getting dominated for – like 20 minutes or whatever, and then, like, someone's like, you hit a Hail Mary or you hit, like, a full-court shot in basketball and you stole a game. Like, that doesn't really impress me too much. I know it takes more skill than that, too. It wasn't just a lucky fling or anything like that. But, yeah, I come away more impressed by Horiguchi than I do with, with Pattis. Yeah, well, and the, the funny thing for me, too, it, so I, I think the basketball analogy with a full-court heave is probably not as good of an analogy as it could be because, yeah. at least in that case, you were close. Like, Pettis yeah, wasn't even close. It's, like, the only sport in the whole world, you know, uh, along with boxing, where you could be getting the ever-living hell beat out of you in, like, one second changes that. Um, you know, like, it'd be, like, getting beat by 15 in baseball and hitting a home run, and they're like, well, I guess you win. Um, yep. So, 
And that's exactly what he did. So uh, props to him for actually doing it and props to him for winning. But, yeah, you're right. I, I don't like Pettis any more than I did before. Um, they're going into a Grand Prix right now in the Bantamweight yep. division where the winner gets the championship. I have to imagine Kyoji Horiguchi goes into that as the favorite to win it, not Pettis. Um, you know, like I, I, if Pettis makes it to the finals against Horiguchi, I expect him to get stomped. Um, but like, I not even sure I'll pick him to make it to the finals when the bracket comes out, depending on who he's facing off with. So, uh, yeah, ultimately a really bad beat for anybody who had money on Horiguchi, but, uh, you know, that's sometimes in MMA, these things happen. It's true. Um, are we concerned at all about Horiguchi? It's two out of the past three fights. He's been knocked out. Um, and, that, I mean, like, and it's a lightweight class too, which is, is yeah, even I more guess, rare. I guess so, but like this one, it's not like he's getting hit with blows that like don't look like they should knock him out either. Like this was, yeah. like he spun twice first of all because he missed the kick and then just kept spinning. Uh, he spun twice and hit him right square on the chin. So I mean, like if it was one of those knockouts that like hit him back near the ear and like seemed to have a weird knockout or you know. I, maybe I'd worry a little bit more, but I'm less worried about where Horiguchi is right now. Okay, very good. As long as you're not worried, and I won't be worried either. But yeah, that Grand Prix should be should be pretty fun because Bantamweight, there's a lot of good, a lot of good fighters. Yeah, it's like fun. one of the old. It's like one of the only times though. I think Bellator whiffed a little bit on their tournament format because like they've done some 16 guy tournaments and like yeah. Bantamweight, they have the Bantamweights to go like one one level deeper to like add yep. one more layer because they had Josh Hill pick up a huge win earlier in the night mm-hmm. um, and look damn good doing it. And like, they're like, Oh, well we'll have to keep it in mind in case we need an alternate. And we're like, really that guy who just put in that kind of performance over Jared Scoggins is just like, we're just going to like shrug our shoulders and say like, well, maybe we'll just keep us. We'll remember his number. Like, yeah, it seems like a weird move. Yeah. Um, come in, event. This is the underdog you have, plus 135, because the Canadian didn't screw you. JBC, Jeremy from British Columbia. Um, <laughs> Manuel Sanchez, he, um, uh, straight, uh, three rounds to none on the scorecard, uh, grappled his way to victory. I think that's how you predicted that, that would happen, did you not? It's pretty much exactly how I predicted it. Now, how bummed out are you that his name is Jeremy British Columbia? <laughs> yeah, very, but not the band. I'm going to go with the bandit still. The bandit. The yeah, the bandit's thing. better. Or we can just pretend JBC stands for Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers. Uh, oh, the menu, yeah. item, the menu item from Wendy's. Yeah. You see a fair work. amount of JBC, JBCs back in college. Yep. When you're, <laughs> when you're watching your four VHS tapes, you had uh, you, you couldn't eat the tapes. You had to eat uh, JBCs also. Yeah. So you, you hit that one. Let me see. What else do we have? I missed on Achilles had... Mota over Hamill. Hamill yeah. uh, looked pretty decent on that one. I did yeah. hit on uh, Kruchmer, um right. like out grappling the hell. Yeah, he he looked really good. I I think getting him at one thirty was a steal. Um, and then I missed yeah. one other one too. What was the other Mike one? Kamaka. I missed? Kamaka. Oh yeah, Kamaka came through. Yeah, yeah, he looked good. Um, I I've. I doubted Kai Kamaka a little bit more than I needed to. Uh, that was also an underdog pick that I was hoping on, but. Yeah, I think it, I calculated it out. I think I'm down like a hundred bucks on Bellator on that one for if you did a hundred bucks of that, which is uh, yeah, 
not not terrible. What we say you have to do, you have to do that, obviously. But he he made up for it last night, so I, I'm I'm burying the lead here. I'm making Dan. Um, yeah, you're making, making me Dan, sweat for the for making the him real sweat a bit because the real but, good stuff. <laughs> but to, to be truthful, though, he beat me by one pick this week. He beat me by one pick. The, the previous uh, event. You want to go in the not, money? Money line. Money, money line. You're killing me on the past two weeks. Yep. Yeah. All right. Before before we get to that, let's talk about WinBet. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Virginia. Excuse me. Uh, not the Netherlands, I don't think, though. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive. I can't talk. Exclusive is the word. Rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams. Players and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses we have been telling you about. New users can bet $1 and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you, I'm talking to you, can get up to $1,500. It's a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, you bet $100, they'll, match, they'll give you $200 free money. Max wager for that. For the match is 750 bucks. They will give you 1500. Can't, I always forget your picks. You you had a pick for everyone to put all their free money on. I can't remember what it was though. Again, it was NBA. Oh, I'm sure. No, it was, yeah, it was. So, yeah, it was Thursday. I told you to take Phoenix uh, minus ten and a half over Detroit. They won by right. eleven. There you so, go. Uh, it's amazing how like how often that happens. Like the bookmakers, line makers know what they're doing. It's wild. They they didn't know what they were doing in that Memphis Oklahoma City game though, uh, yeah. because that was absolutely wild. The the line was not uh, plus seventy two and a half. Surprisingly, no, it was not. <laughs> All right, what's what's your winner this time for everyone, Dad? Uh, I'll take the Bulls minus four and a half over the Nuggets tomorrow night. Tomorrow night being Monday. Uh, the Bulls are coming off of beating the Brooklyn Nets and yep. uh, and the New York Knicks. Back to back in New York, uh, so they they swept the New York teams uh, in their home locales. So I'm gonna say they ride that momentum back home, beat the Denver Nuggets, cover the four points. All right, there you go. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From booster parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free. $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet. Dot com. Also, we are brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Daily fantasy simplified. You pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. Use promo code SGP and receive a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. It's basically how it works. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. Price picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron, combine with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Price picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Price picks has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. Price picks is 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. Price picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Is that easy? Price picks safe and offers fast. Withdrawal. So make sure you go to pricefix.com, promo code SGP for the 100% deposit match. Now, what, did your picks there come through, Dan? I can't remember. It was MMA. I remember that much. Oh, yeah. I Do you remember what you I picked? Didn't, I didn't write those down. But it, no, I, I think you probably can't because uh, I think two of the fighters who I took wound up getting canceled. Yeah. I think I had Osmot yeah. Merzakhanov and Jake Matthews. 
true. as two of my picks, and uh, they they didn't they didn't fight this weekend. All right, pick <laughs> pick two two for this this coming week. Go quick. Two two fighters for this coming sure. week, or, or um, do NBA if you rather, or, or football, whatever you want. For, for for so for prize, I'm gonna see what they have listed for basketball because I didn't have that up. And this is always makes for really good radio. This is yeah, uh, that's why I do it to you. Yeah, well, and, and if you give me any kind of warning, I'll you know I'll have something ready. Uh, that's why no. that's that's why when we do the win bet one, I always know that you're gonna throw to me basketball. All right, so uh oh no, that's we can't we can't do football for today. That's silly. Um, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna hear this before the Monday or Sunday night game comes on. They don't appear to have Monday night stuff on here, at least not easily accessible. Well, I'm gonna tell you anyway. Tomorrow, take the uh, over on passing yards um, for Mac Jones. I think undoubtedly he gets those. Take the under on rushing yards for whatever Buffalo Bill you can find, uh, whether it's Devin Singletary or whoever it is they they plan on using. Uh, they're not going to run the ball on the Pats, so I'm going to say take the over on Mac Jones passing yards, the under on a running back from the Bills. See, this guy knows every sport, every sport. So, so there's two picks, y'all. All right, he also knows the UFC. Obviously, that's why everyone. That's what brought all of you to the dance here. UFC and ESPN font versus auto went down last night. UFC Vegas 44 is what we also called it. From the Apex, it, was, it seemed to be a rocking Apex. There was, like, chants and everything. You haven't, you haven't heard that for quite a while. Jamal Hills, I, I'm assuming it has to be his wife or girlfriend. Wow. I, she was up there with, was it Benson Henderson's mom that used to make a lot yes, of noise? Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, she was up there in in terms of screaming uh, with, with Benson Henderson's mom. So, uh Shout out to her for that. Yeah, it, it did seem like it, it had a pretty raucous crowd. Yes, and it was probably raucous in the uh, in the woods in the Vreeland woods also because Dan hit three hundred. Yes, three underdogs. Count them. Well, technically four underdogs. One of them was uh, was less than even money though. But still, um, the dogs were barking for Dan, and uh, they came through. And it wasn't just Mogsy barking. The the uh, underdogs came through, uh, especially in the main event where. Jose Aldo turned back the clock and space almost skunked Rob Font. Uh, one one judge gave Rob Font one round. Uh, other than that, it was 50-45, 50-45, and then, like I said, the one judge, 49-46. Um, yeah, Font looked good for the first, what, two or three minutes of the fight, and that was pretty much the only time he looked good. I mean, I so I will say this about Rob Font in that performance. Like, I think, I, I think what he did was, like, very impressive in almost every round. However, he had like, it was like such a good example of how MMA should be scored in that the amount of strikes and the amount of jabs and stuff like that doesn't matter if you get beaten by a big blow. You know what I mean? And like in every round, Jose Aldo had the big blow, you know, either taking him off his feet with a leg kick, landed a big right hand. Like, I mean, like he stunned him multiple times. I think he knocked him down two or three times. Like, man, just an absolute great performance by Jose Aldo. Um, Yeah. I I mean, like what else could be said really? I mean, he was, he was insanely good. Yeah. It wasn't really, uh, I wasn't trying to throw shade on uh, font necessarily. Um, but yeah, he, he he did all he could, and he he brought it to Aldo uh, every chance he could. But yeah, Aldo, I, I don't know if this really. I guess it changes how I feel about him. I, I still don't think he's gonna 
uh, win the title or anything like that. But um, yeah, he, he showed that he's got a lot left in the tank, I guess. Um, Cause yeah, that was impressive. I, the only thing that didn't impress me, he seemed like he could have, he could have pushed more to actually finish the fight two or three times and instead just um, seemed to settle into grappling and, and um, letting fight recover. Like if he, if he'd backed off and really poured it on, it seemed like he could have, could have stopped fun at least twice, maybe three times. Yeah, I, I think he could, but I also think like the there were fights earlier in the night that were kind of cautionary tales for that too, right? Like, and we could talk. Yep. We're gonna get to those in a second, but like, there was a reason not to empty the tank against Rob Font, who is a guy who is, you know, has he's not tons younger than Jose Aldo, but he's got a lot less miles on the tires, and yep. he's just kind of like one of those guys who. Uh, you know, like, it gets better as fights go on and is tougher as fights go on. So, like, I get not, like, just chasing him to the mat and trying to, like, pour on as much as you can and, like, go for broke, um, especially when you have such good control of where the fight's at. I mean, he did that in the fifth round, too, right? He got Rob Font down, and he was just like, I'm cool to be in side control here because he's not going yeah. to get up and knock me out from side control right now. So, yeah, like, I, I think you're right. I think he could have poured it on a little bit, but, man, I, I don't think that that performance needed to be any more impressive than it already was. No, dominating a guy for uh, for full five rounds is um, is an impressive feat. So um, does it really change where he is in the in the weight class? Probably not. He, he's not – probably won't be getting the next um, – Title shot. He only gets title shots after losses, anyhow. So that's uh, that's the way it works. But um, he called out TJ Dillashaw. That's that probably makes sense ranking wise and and schedule wise and, and everything else. Uh, I think that fight probably makes sense to to figure out who's next after next. I guess. Yeah. So I I think obviously they have to do the unification bout next. But that that one makes perfect sense to be a number one contender fight. The only thing I could say is that if TJ Dillashaw is trying to wait out and doesn't think he needs another fight. You could see TJ turn that down, but I, I don't know if that's smart on TJ's part. I, I think Aldo, uh, I think Aldo comes out looking a lot better doing that to Rob Font than TJ Dillashaw does squeaking out a win over Corey Sandhagen. Um, oh, yes. Regardless, yeah. regardless of how you feel about Sandhagen, like if it if it were up to me and uh, you know Aljamain Sterling was not going to be ready uh, next. Man, I, I think Aldo may have jumped for that fight with Piotr Jan, the rematch with Piotr Jan, before I'd give it to Dillashaw. Like, he looked that much better um, in doing so. So, yeah, I think him versus Dillashaw is really the only fight that makes sense. Yep, for sure. Um, all right, so Dan hit that one. What did you get for that? Plus 115, I think? Yeah, that, that was that was one of your little dogs. You have bigger and, ones coming. And that, was, and that was one of the ones where you told me that Aldo was old and washed and there's no way yeah. he could – he can handle he, the speed of Rod. He kind of looked at at the starting though. Uh, he, don't you think the starting of the fight? He kind of looked at. Yeah, he 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 looked slower. Um, but yeah. then like you remember that like yeah okay he is a little bit slower, but he does hit like a truck too. Um, yeah. Which yeah like ultimately was the difference maker here. Yep, no doubt. Uh, the main card was not kind to me. It was like I was two and four of the main card. Dan was the opposite, four and two. So I did get the co-main event right, and Dan got it wrong. Rafael Fiziev. Uh, outstruck his former training partner and friend Brad Riddell. I got minus 120 on that one. He ended up winning via spinning wheel kick um, halfway through the the last round. It was one of those delayed knockouts where Riddell just kind of froze against the cage. And actually, Herb Dean actually stopped the fight, which was strange, right? 
great stoppage by Herb Dean. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know we, I know we rag on him all the time, but like, part of ragging on somebody all the time also needs to be giving him credit where credit is due. Uh, yep. Because I, it, Riddell, I, I'm pretty sure, like, verbally tapped there. I think that would yeah, be look like, like his body language was like, oh, I shouldn't be in here anymore. Um, and he seems to like wave. I like watched it back a couple of times. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it looks like he's actually asking them to end the fight, which is is wild that that Herb Dean did because usually when somebody looks at even remotely awake, Herb Dean's like, oh, he's good. Um, yep. So like, you know, props to him for getting in there and stopping it right away. Props for Fiziev not, you know, doing too much damage in the follow up. Like, yeah. Um, all together, and, and hey, Fiziev looks like the real deal there now too. Um, yeah. You know, he wins a performance bonus, which is worth mentioning. They gave out extra performance bonuses, yeah. um, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, what was so, with that? Well, yeah, Dana I, wasn't there. Maybe that, maybe that's why, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have some theories about it, which uh, I'll share when we get to talking about fight of the night. But uh, yeah, like I, I think uh, Fiziev. is it a guy in that division who like maybe we need to start talking about him fighting somebody like. Tony Ferguson or, you know, like somebody in that echelon. Um, he, he's certainly proven that he can hang with, with just about anybody at this point. Yeah, this was not a Sergio Pettis knockout. He was he was pretty pretty much winning that fight. At least on, on my scorecard, he, he had that. He was winning I, that fight. I had, a, um, I had him winning both round one and two, yeah. Yeah, I did too, yeah. But it, it, I was thinking we may have been headed for a split decision. Possibly. It depends how the last round went, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's all for not now. I'm just checking the, the performance rankings I run on MMA-Manifesto.com. I know Fiziev jumped way up after that performance because he finished the guy who was like, what, 4-0, I think he was. Uh, um, I think Fiziev's around top 10 now. I can't even find him now. He is a Bantamweight, correct? No, lightweight. Lightweight. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of the main event. He is a lightweight. Okay, yeah, he was at 15 and now he's up in round number eight, he, he yeah, he jumps ahead of Tony Ferguson, the person you just mentioned. He's right below Grant Dawson now. So you you, you want to see Tony Ferguson get uh, get murdered in the cage, Dan? Is that I mean, why like, you're calling for that fight? So, so here's the thing about Tony Ferguson, though. First of all, ter- Tony Ferguson gives you violent-ass fights, and he makes people prove what they're made of, um, which is, you know, not that Fiziev beaten Brad Riddell. He's not... Uh, an impressive win, but, like, forcing him to have a grittier-looking fight is, like, the kind of thing we need to see him do. And second of all, like, yeah. e- everybody has said that about any fantasy matchmaking of Tony Ferguson at this point. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, do you just want him to die? Oh, do you just want him to die? Oh, do you want him to just get hit, kicked in that? Like, he has to fight somebody or else he's retiring, right? And he's very clearly not retiring. So, like... He's got to fight somebody, and he's currently ranked seven or eight. So, like, he's the perfect type of person for, uh, you know, I think Fiziev might have been 12 uh, heading into this fight or something like that in the official ranking. So, like, he's the perfect type of person that that guy should be fighting. Yep. Very, very true. Hey, I'm I'm down for it. I'm just, I'm just checking because you have – sometimes you want – People, uh, bad things happen to people. I just wanted to check if Tony Ferguson is, uh, is on that list or not, but I don't think he is. No, I love Tony Ferguson. There you I, go. I, I, was, All right. I was one of the, the couple of, like, absolutely insane, crazy people who thought he was going to beat Habib if they actually fought, um, which I now realize is, like, one of the most insane opinions in MMA I've ever had. Um, uh, who knows? Uh, at the time, you never know. He, he that's, was that's, he's, a different per- he's a different person now. Yep, definitely. So... Um, I got that one wrong. Oh, I got that one right. Excuse me. And next one we both got wrong. Uh, Jimmy Crew. Yikes. This was Dan's lock pick. 
He lost in the minus 193. So your locks, you're 18 and 15 now. You're down almost 500 bucks, Dan. Great job. Great job. But, yeah, we did not see Jamahal, uh, Jamal Hill. We did not see that coming, did we? A very quick knockout, less than a minute into the fight. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, bizarre. I, I think it was weird for me because when we broke down this fight, I think I said, you know, Jamal Hill, he hits hard and he, he does well. And, like, I expected Jimmy Crew to come out and shoot a takedown three seconds in. He didn't really do that. Um, no. He did look like he wanted one. But then he the punches he's throwing, like, get a freeze frame of him getting hit by Jamal Hill here. It's almost like the the uh Todd Duffy Frank Muir knockout do you remember that one where yep. Todd Duffy just threw like windmill punches it was like Bart and Lisa about to fight in the uh the hockey episode of uh yes. the Simpsons and like that's the type of punch that Crute threw here it was both out of character for him and like the worst possible game plan so um it does suck but I don't think uh my read on that fight was bad uh I just think it was a very odd choice from a guy who is usually pretty well put together in his fights, too. So, uh, you know, unfortunate loss there for Jimmy Crew, whose eye got really beat up, too. Yeah, um, it was a bad night for mullets pretty much all around. Um, both guys that came in with with beautiful mullets uh, ended up getting knocked out. So that's two straight knockouts, or, or at least two straight stoppages now for Crute. What uh, what do we think about him now? Is he going to have to go back to being a full time fork forklift driver like he was prior to being signed to the UFC? I don't think I don't think off? so because I, I think we can just write off that loss to Anthony Smith. But yeah. like I, I think he was in a position to win that fight even after he got kicked in the leg and had drop foot. Like he he still scored a takedown and like maybe was working towards winning that round. Um, probably didn't win it because of the drop foot thing and because he, you know, was like limping around weirdly. But like, he, he almost beat a guy who is up there near the top of the division. And yeah, now he gets starched in 48 seconds and that's bad. Back to back stoppage is bad, but he's super young. And, you know, one was a freak loss. One was temporary losing your head. I think you just see him in there against a unranked guy next. And, and we go from there. So what do we think of Jamal Hall now? I'm still not. Is this, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's I, jumping up uh, in my rankings. He's up to nine now, but but this is light heavyweight, so you know, not saying much. He's three and one in the UFC. Um, uh, has some has some nice wins, but yeah, if he's I had to be selling him, the guy. In less yeah, if I, if I had stock in him, which I I don't, I would be selling it because he is. Everybody's high on him now. I saw a whole bunch of people tweeting. I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody I followed was was tweeting. Jamal Hill will be a UFC champ one day, mark my words, or save this tweet or what. Like, I I can't pop, like, don't get me wrong. He's got some good aspects, but, like, he got badly outgrappled by by Paul Craig and, like, his arm broke in and, like, you know, like, he, he didn't look real great in his fight with Darko Stoizic and, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's still a lot to be said for him. He's got great punching power, which is really great. And he's got the ability to finish people. But, like, a lot of people at light heavyweight have that. And uh, without, like, a really good grappling game, who knows? He, he might, you know, he might catch a whole bunch of people in a row and, and get to near the top. But I think there are some really bad matchups for him in this division. Maybe I was just thinking. Maybe this screaming was um, his partner was giving birth to child number seven. Maybe that's what yeah. We were he's hearing. got like a hundred kids too, right? He does. He has six kids, so that would be number seven. Yes, maybe that's what we were hearing. Perhaps they just didn't mention on the telecast. So anyhow, we both got that one wrong. I don't know. 
we chalk that up to bad game planning. Yeah, bad game planning. Uh, I got the Rob Font fight wrong because Aldo was better than I chalked him up to be. And uh, you got Riddell. Well, that one was kind of a, a toss up, right? Riddell Fiziev. Yeah, like I, I think that was a coin toss fight, and yeah. I took the I took the dog, who it turns yeah. out should have been a plus one twenty dog, pretty much right where I got him. Yep, there you go. All right, next fight. <laughs> um, yeah. I love he, this fight so much. <laughs> Clay Guida submitted Leonardo Santos in the second round because referee uh, Keith Peterson had a whole bunch of his cigarette money on uh, on Clay Guida. Apparently, he listened to the last the last um, podcast and was following Gumby's lead here because that fight should have been stopped multiple times in the first round. <laughs> that's some that's some nonsense, Keith Peterson. <laughs> it is. I. I, I just, just to be clear, I'm just joking. I don't know if Keith Peterson bats on fights with cigarette money or any money for that matter. But yes, he, yeah, that fight should have been stopped multiple times. Correct? Yeah, that was a, it. Was terrible refing, but also, it, <laughs> but hey, it, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen since they've started posting live gambling odds. Because Guida comes yep. into that fight right a plus one. What, what did I get him at? Plus one twenty five dog. Plus one fifty. Yeah. So he comes yeah. in as a plus one fifty dog. Gets the pants beat off of him in round one to the point where if he didn't get that takedown near the end, you'd probably argue it was a 10-8. Um, yeah. So, like, he goes in as a, as a 150 underdog, loses the round, maybe 10-8. And when they post the live odds at the beginning of the second round, he's a negative 190 favorite. <laughs> like, yep. that's how that's how tired Santos looked. They were just like, oh, man, this dog is about to cash. And, like, all of the books started protecting themselves, which is – so funny to me, uh, and they probably still lost out of time. There were so many people who probably got in the live lines on that. Um, but yeah, like Guida would put in the most quintessential Clay Guida performance I've ever seen. I saw Darren Elkins tweeted like, "Hell yeah, Clay Guida," and I'm like, "Yeah, that is the most appropriate person to be congratulating him on that kind of right. win because it's it was like it was a Darren Elkins Clay Guida type win in." Uh, yeah, it's great to see that he still got it at 40 because, my God, does he still got it. <laughs> That's pretty much how you predicted it would happen, too, Santos. Yeah, you tire him out. Tire he just pace. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know he was going to tire him out by getting uh, beat to death for the first <laughs> first round. But, uh, no, I thought he'd try to wrestle him to the point where yeah, he was tired. Yeah. But, like, and, instead he took punches to his own face until he was tired. Yeah. And it was weird. Santos didn't, like, he wasn't visibly tired, but he just, like, I don't think he looked visibly tired of me, but he just stopped like moving. <laughs> he stopped yeah, doing he anything. Do, he stopped. He wasn't doing like, working. He wasn't doing the Nothing. like big breaths that like people yeah. see, or yeah. hands down that people see, or mouth open that people see. It was just like his limbs didn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, he just stopped. He just stopped doing anything. Like it, like so, immediately so after when the fight wasn't stopped, he just stopped being. <laughs> you, somebody unplugged. The, somebody unplugged the controller. That's basically what happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that is exactly what happened. All right. So Dan got a lucky plus one fifty there. That oh, that was a that well. That was a well thought out one fifty. <laughs> uh, it happened exactly the way you predicted it, but it shouldn't have happened, is what I'm saying. <laughs> the next one. Oh boy. Exactly how I predicted one. it as well. Did it happen? Chris Curtis, Lightning. <laughs> he, Brendan Allen, mullet once again. Um, yeah, he seemed to be taking Chris Curtis way too lightly, which I didn't enjoy seeing uh, when the fight started. And he got himself TKO'd in the second round pretty violently. Chris Curtis did it again. Um, 
yeah, I, I think Alan just did not take this fight seriously enough. And Curtis got Dan plus 280 and got me a minus 100 bucks. Yeah, uh, I would say a little bit of him not taking him seriously enough and a little bit of, and I said this on the podcast too, I expect him to have an enormous grappling advantage and to stupidly not go to it yes. at the regularity he did because that's what he did against Punale Soriano. Since he's moved to Sanford MMA, and I don't want to blame Sanford MMA because later on on the show, I'm going to sing their praises about how they turned a fighter's career around. Uh, at Sanford MMA, I think he's fallen in love with his hands. He's getting coaching from, you know, Henry Hooft or, or whoever, and he's like, oh, I'm a good puncher, which is true, but he's not a better puncher than he is a grappler, and he seems to think he is. So, uh, yeah, like it played out exactly as I thought. He got too comfortable on the feet, and you can't get too comfortable on the feet with Chris Curtis because this bastard is now 2-0 and with wins over Brendan Allen and Phil Hawes, which is an insane two-fight resume. <laughs> Already in the top, he's number 10 in the middleweight, my performance middle, middleweight rankings as of now. That's how impressive his two performances were over people with good records that he stopped. So that, that, that racks you up a lot of points in my rankings. So, and he doesn't even look like a middleweight. He should be a welterweight if he had, like he was much smaller than Brendan Allen in there. Second so maybe, when, but. so when I, when I interviewed him, oh God, I wish I could remember exactly when it was. It was before his first fight. Um, yeah in the UFC, but before he beat Phil Hawes, he said that eventually he thought he would go back to welterweight. Um, yeah. But it, but when he was fighting Phil Hawes, he said, but, you know, like, who knows? I could go in there and beat this guy who's basically ranked or close to being ranked. And at the end of the day, if I do that and I look really good and the UFC wants to see me at 85 again, I'll stay at 85. And it seems like after seeing him win at 85, seeing him win at 85 again, he seems now open to the idea that he might just stay there. Um, and I'm not sure that it's such a bad idea. Like there are, there are dudes in the, the UFC's top 15 right now that I think I would pick Chris Curtis over. You know, like, yeah, it's I, a much much easier weight class. The welterweight is one of those stacked ones. Like I, I'm middleweight, gonna give you a, no. I'm gonna give you a couple of names and like tell me, w- would you would you possibly pick Chris Curtis? Would you at least have to think about it? Um, Calvin Gastelum. Yeah, of course. You, I, I you would. Say, I, I, I would consider it for sure because you would get a good number on that too. Yeah, Brad Tavares. Yes, definitely. Yeah, Kevin Holland. Mm, it's hard because Holland is so big and long, but yeah, yeah, that that's that's a tough one. But, Chris Weidman. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm going to pick against Chris Weidman. Chris well, Weidman is going to get knocked Chris out. Weidman. So, so I just read you four yep. names that are that are between ten and fifteen in the rankings, and like, yep. I'd pick him to beat a lot of those dudes. Um, you know, I might not pick him to beat guys like, you know, Jack Hermanson or Sean Strickland or Paulo Costa right. yet, but like, who knows what he does with a, you know, win over Kelvin Gastelum or something like that. A month ago, he wasn't in the UFC, basically. Yeah. Well, his first, his first fight was a month minus a day. It was November the 6th was his first fight on short notice. So basically a month ago, he was not even employed. By, yeah. this, by this organization. Now he's got he, two highlight wins and two bonuses. He got another 50, 50 K. Yep. So he, that's also, his, that's also his sixth win this year. He fought six yeah, times right. in 2021 no. with yep. five KOs, which is just, it's an absurd resume for a year. So all we had a run of uh, bonuses there. Fiziev, Hill, Guida, Curtis, all got 50, 50 K uh, bonuses for all of their finishes there. And, um, yeah, I had a, like I said, a very bad run here. Um, 
I got all three of those wrong. Um, the next one, I, this is the, the the opener of the uh, main card. Dan and I both got right. Alex Morono, minus 240, uh, beat Mickey Gall. Pretty much it was exactly, the fight went down exactly the way we expected. Morono won uh, three rounds to done on all scorecards, and he basically outstruck Mickey Gall as we expected. Yeah, nothing really to say here other than, nope. uh, like, Mickey Gall should have shot a couple more takedowns, even if they didn't work. It seemed yep. like he didn't know how to get the entry, uh, and then um, he, instead of just, like, forcing an entry or two or seeing what he could get done, he just, like, abandoned it and boxed with him, and that was, man, that is not going to work. Yeah, Morono is borderline top 15, I, I think, at least according to my, in my rankings. He's he's uh, putting together a nice little run here. Um, what that is three in that? a row. Hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's three in a row. I, I don't. I, I think he falls into that that range of guys who are just outside of it, and he, you know he's got to yeah. fight somebody like Daniel Rodriguez or Michelle Pereira yep. or people like that. But um, and, and he's also kind of up there in age too, which I think people forget about. Like right. Murano is. Uh, well, no, he's just got miles on the tires. He's not that old, right? He's only thirty two. Um, yeah, or something like that. But um, yeah, 31. like. 30, oh, jeez, only 31. 31, 29 fights, though, so. Yeah, and, and I think some amateur fights before that, too. So, yeah. um, and some wars, because he loves to, the dude loves to brawl. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think he's probably just outside the rankings for me, but but right up there anyway. What are we doing with Mickey Gall? Are we keeping him around, Dan? He, he's, he's swapping wins and losses. Every fight, he's swapping wins and losses. He's now 7-4 and four as a pro. He's 29 years old already. Done basically all of his growing up in the UFC. He only had one fight before he moved into the UFC. Probably wasn't best for his career, but um, we keeping him around? I think so. Um, yeah. You know, like, so he wins his first three fights against three guys who were all, you know, Mike Jackson, CM Punk, and Sage Northcutt. Um, and, and from there, he's basically been beating people who he can outgrapple and yeah. not beating people he can't, right? Like, he, he beat Jordan Williams because he could outgrapple him. He couldn't outgrapple Mike Perry, whose takedown defense is sometimes underrated. He could outgrapple George Sullivan, but he couldn't outgrapple Diego Sanchez or Randy Brown. or like. So, for me, I just want to see if his hands keep coming around, um, if things need to progress, and I don't know necessarily that I'm ready to write him off after, you know, a loss to, to Alex Morano, who has now won, you know, like you said, a slew of fights in a row. He, and he's not, not against, you know, bums either. He knocked out Donald Cerrone. So, yeah, I'm not ready to write off Mickey Gall and to, to send him out to pasture yet. But I do think they have to keep putting him in there with guys who will make him work for his grappling. Because if you just put him in there with, like, the worst grapplers, he's, of course, going to beat him, and then you're going to answer no questions. So, like, answer the question, can he grapple Murano? No? Okay, what's right behind that? Yep. Yep, yep. All right, so that's the main card. I went two and four. Dan went four and two and made uh, – man, see how much you made just off the main card. Main card, you made you made 386 bucks and 67 cents off the main card. Not it's too good, shabby. It's a good main card, especially for only getting 67%, right? Exactly. Fantastic. All right, let's tell you about PropSwap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other vetters. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit in PropSwap. We'll double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country 
list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We are also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is the new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand-new company looking to grow their early adopter community with the Slick app, and that's very fun to use. One of the reasons we love using it is they also offer profit betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus, they just added a cool bonus. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. It's a totally free-to-play app. Download today on your iPhone or Android. Check them out. BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. All right. Um, I forgot to mention we did lose a few fights, Dan. Um, danced around that earlier on. We lost... What did we lose? Azamat Rosakhanov versus yes. Jared Vandera. Um, yeah, which, because Vandera wasn't physically cleared. Like, how, how yeah. did they figure I'm, that out, like, the day before the fight? It's not like he had to cut weight, either. He was super fat on the scales. Well, he, so here's the thing, though, is that he may have had to cut weight. Um, oh, yeah, he okay, did weigh, maybe. He did weigh 265, and you're right. He, he is a... He is a chunky guy, right? He is a hashtag chunky guy. So I think part of the issue there may be that, like, he had to cut the weight and he wasn't able to well. Um, There could have been something wrong with, with, you know, like, especially when you're that big, if you're doing a weight cut. uh, You know, I I can imagine something going wrong with kidneys or or something like that. So he wasn't medically cleared. He could have also just gotten an ID or something like that stupidly, and they they caught him on it, um, like, right after weigh-ins. So that one got canceled, and then we also lost um, Jeremiah Wells. One of his cornermen tested positive for COVID. Um, not his head coach, uh, which I his head coach was um, very forward about stating. Uh, not his head coach, and that his so his fight with Jake Matthews was pulled. I'm kind of hoping they just stick that at the apex on the last card of the year. Uh, yeah. You know, because as, as long as Jeremiah Wells obviously doesn't wind up with COVID because, man, that would suck for Jake Matthews to fly all this way, uh, right. not not get a fight in. So hopefully they can just do something where he stays in Vegas for a couple of weeks and we get to see that fight after all. Uh, yeah, Matthews was my lock pick, by the way, so I didn't have a lock pick come through this week. Um I'd rather just see uh, Rizakhanov uh, fight at his proper weight class, play yeah. heavyweight, so hopefully they'll just do that next for him and hopefully soon. Um, all right, so we we ended up doing all the work for 15 fights. I did all the writing for 15 fights, all the research, and we ended up only having 13 come through. So, on to the prelims: uh, Dusko Todorovic, Tikeo, Demaki Patolo, four and a half, four thirty-four into the first round. I got I was way off in this one. Uh, Todorovic looked way better than Patolo, so my loan or one of my loan underdog picks did not come through. Dance, of course, came through. He had Dusko. Yeah, I, to me, Patolo is just like. Man, I never – again, I, I don't think I ever call for people's job, or I try not to be. But, like, it's pretty wild that Maki Pitolo still has a job in the UFC, yeah. and I know he's, like, fun. I, I'm sure he doesn't like, anymore. Well, you say that, though, but, like, Impa Kasangane got fired before him and beat the hell out of him. You know, yeah. like, in, in Impa was 2-2 two and two at the time, 
and Maki was one in four at the time. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what what is still convincing the UFC. Maybe the fact that he's in there on short notice. Maybe that the fight with Julian Marquez, it looked like he was winning for a little bit. I, I don't know what it is, but like he's getting beat and getting finished in there. I, I don't. Yeah. I, he just doesn't seem like he can handle, especially if he can't handle Dushko Todorovic. Like he doesn't seem like he belongs in there, right? Yeah, no, exactly. He's he's given he's been given more than enough chance to prove that he's been in there, and he's not exactly fighting the the elite, the upper echelon of the weight class. So yeah, um, he to the band with Mackie Patolo. I'm sorry to say. Um, Plus, like, because I got it wrong, so I'm not happy with that. So, <laughs> flyweights, Manel Cape or Cape, I guess he just goes away. Is it? Were they calling him Cape last night? I think it's Cape. I think yeah. it's Cape. It shouldn't be, but regardless, <laughs> I, I, I've decided it's Jamahal and it's Cape. Um, Zalgas Zumagulov started off pretty good. I'm like, uh oh, he he's, he was putting it on Manel Cape, but then he actually Manel Cape show why everyone's so high on him and um, lightning quick punches to get the TKO win at four minutes into the first round. We both hit this one minus 240, but yeah, uh, Cape, he's, it uh, seems like he's starting to get his legs under him in the UFC and he's, he's uh, found his rhythm. Yeah. I'm going to toot my own horn on this one too. I, I pretty much predicted exactly the reason why this would fight, this fight would happen this way is that Manel has a problem with being overly complacent and overly passive. And I said, Zumagulov isn't going to let him be passive. Uh, and it's going to be the worst thing that Zumagulov could do is that, like, just force Cape to fight some violent fight because he's so damn good at that. So, yeah, uh, I think Zalgis just brought Cape into his own or Cap or – damn it. How are we – however we're saying it. <laughs> See, I got I think it. I've said it, I think I've said it three different ways on this show already. So uh, yep. we'll, we'll go for four maybe. Um, Manel uh, just, you know – I really do believe he's like a top five flyweight when he fights the way he ought to fight. Um, And I think we saw it a little bit here. Um, I'm pumped to see him fight again. He definitely belongs in the flyweight rankings now. Um, And this this performance really showed it. Yep. One of those um, not super stacked weight classes. So he definitely can can, uh, jump up the rankings very quickly. Hey, I, I, the next pick I actually got right and you got wrong. You didn't just do so good in the prelims, Dan. So luckily you don't host a podcast where you make picks in the prelims, right? Cause that would be pretty bad. Yeah. It would be kind of embarrassing. Especially <laughs> if, if uh, people screwed you over again, you had to do the show by yourself. Yeah, no, I need to, he didn't screw me over, but that, that's, a, <laughs> that's a different show for another time. Uh, you know, people have things come up sometimes, Jeff. I know. Hey, I, I do it to you all the time, Dan. Don't you know it? It always seems to be Dan's on the other end of it, but anyhow, um, Walter Wade's Brian Barberina during weeks. Weeks was game, but uh, Barberina got going, made it into a ugly, bad damn type of fight, and won two rounds, two one. Yeah, it was a veteran win for Brian Barberina. Yes, yeah, yep. that was. Johnny on, and I got it. And that's pretty much all. The only thing to say about it. And I was thinking, Weeks's athleticism would play up high enough to. To score some dog money there, and it just did not. So uh, I'm really excited to see him on a full camp, though. I, I think yeah. he's he's definitely very promising. Yeah, it was that was a tough matchup uh, fighting a, a dog that will bring it to you the whole the whole fight, and you didn't have a training camp. So, um, all right, uh, I got the next one right. I had a nice little streak here. I, I got actually got three three fights in a row, and two of them Dad didn't get. Uh, Cheyenne Velismas looked very good against Valerie Martin. 
minus 190. Hit that pick. She won... 30, 27, 29, 28, 29, 28, basically was picking apart Martin on the feet and had rock solid takedown defense. Wouldn't let Martin get her wrestling or grappling going uh, whatsoever. So I don't, uh, I, I think you, you said you wanted to talk about uh, bonuses. This one, one fight of the night, which I don't get. I would have had at least a couple other fights ahead of this one. Yeah. Well, and it, here's the, the thing that I wanted to talk about with that too, is that like, I'm always in on giving a bonus to people lower down on the card right. who seemingly wouldn't get the bonus, right? Like, if there's a big knockout, like, I, we're going to talk about Vince Morales in a second, and I didn't pick him to win. I'm a little bummed he didn't get a performance bonus. And not that Clay Guida didn't deserve one, but, man, 50000 to Vince Morales is a lot different than what 50000 is to Clay Guida. Um, so like he's a I carpenter kinda, for crying out loud. He doesn't need yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he also has his own like chartered fishing company. Do you know this? It's yeah, called yes, Thr- I did know that. Yeah, Thrills and Thrills, I believe. Um, where he <laughs> like he like takes you and a member of Team Alpha Male out on a fishing trip, so you get to like go fishing with like. Oh, wouldn't you love that, Dan? Me and. Uh, I, hey, you know, you know, I know, I I know, I hate on Team Alpha Male quite a bit, but next week, uh, if you're listening to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which should be out in a couple of days, uh, there may or may not be an interview with me and a member of Team Alpha Male. So, uh, oh. yeah, did you I, air your grievances, Dan? I, I didn't, because he's actually mm-hmm. one of the few. I, I mean, like, I can just spoil it. I I spoke with Josh Emmett this week. He's one of the few oh, Team Alpha Male guys I'm like a fan of. Um, although Clay Green is a Team Alpha Male ma- guy yeah, now, they're, so. They're picking up some weird. It, it, it's strange, like yeah. Um, is it Elkins there too? Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's always, and then yeah, they have a bunch of Asian Asian. Sonya Dong, Sonya Dong, yeah. out of there now. <laughs> it, it's a real random group of fighters, but hey, they seem to be doing okay again. So yeah, yeah. So um, so you think Valismas uh, and Martin got the bonus because they need the money? <laughs> I don't know, no, but, but okay. So yeah, here's let's get back to the actual point. Uh, other than that, I hate you know, um. I like when people early on the fight card get it, but tell right, me yeah. in what world was that a more fun fight to watch than William Knight versus Alonzo Minifield, yep. which was or, fucking chaos. Yep. Or, or Fizia versus Riddell, or, or even the main event. That main event was... was I mean, the, yeah, and, the and again, I, I probably wouldn't pick the main event just because, no. like, Aldo doesn't need the money at this point, right? And Font yeah. doesn't, probably doesn't need the money. But, like... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess Bays versus Martin was right up there, but man, William, that I mean, I would give fight of the night just to the first round of William Knight versus Lasso <laughs> yeah. Field, which was yeah. silly. Um, so the thoughts on Blizmus, You are you sold on her now? Because that was a very I, good performance. Two, I, two I, good performances in a row. I am more sold on her than I was before. It seems like the uh, changing of camps is working really well for her. For whatever yeah. reason, she did not jive well with Fortis. It seemed like it wasn't playing well to her because that's where she was originally, I believe, down okay, with yeah. where her, I, I don't want to say ex-husband or separated husband or estranged husband or whatever. Um, that's where she was when she seemingly was with JP Bays. Um, and now she's up at uh, Extreme Couture with, is it Danny Davis, the boxing coach there? Um, and it seems like it's really doing wonders for her boxing. Now, oh, she looked great. you know, you mentioned she stuffed Mallory Martin a bunch of times. She did, but Mallory Martin really took a long time to get to her takedowns. Like, she didn't shoot yeah. early, which I thought was very dumb. It also made it so that, like, Vlismas, like, established her range and made it really hard to shoot that takedown. Whereas if she shot it right away, 
while Bliss Moss was starting to find her range, like, I think she might have had more success. So I'm going to chalk a little bit of to it to bad game planning of Mallory Martin, but also I will say uh, I am coming around on Bliss Moss. I do think she is, her boxing is going to hold up in that division. It'll just be a question of, like, if, if you pair her with, like, a Kanako Murata or a... Um, a Vierna Jandiroba, like, can she stuff their takedowns? Can she stuff the takedowns of, like, the grapplers? Um, but if she can, yeah, like, her boxing definitely looks like it holds up. Yeah, she's only, only 26, too, so Sky could still be the limit for her. Um, so, yeah, I hit that one, so Mary Vlismas to me, right, Dan? Say, say that one more time? I said I hit minus 190 on her, so Mary Vlismas to me. Yeah. It, it, it's an early, early Vlismas. It's an early Vlismas present. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, anyhow, boy, thanks. Thanks for really It was such a bad me. pun, I didn't even pick up on it. You you're like, excuse me, can you repeat that? That's always well, that's well, the worst Well, we were thing. also just talking about her marital status, and you said <laughs> Mary Vlismas, and I was like, that's true. What, what, are you, what are you suggesting? <laughs> like, that's worse than, like, you not laughing is you making me repeat it. What was that again? <laughs> uh, the next fight was fun. We got robbed in this one. You think we got robbed? William Knight won... 29-28 across the board against Lonzo Minifield. I thought we had that one in the bag. So I did too, to the point where I didn't even stay in my living room to watch the decision. I got up uh, to go get something in the other room and because I just assumed it was there. And when I got back, they were interviewing William Knight, and it shocked me. And what did you I, go get, Dan? We have to know. What did you go get? I went I went and got my crying child in the other room. <laughs> uh, what, a, what a father. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as exciting as you thought it was going to be. What, um, what, what were they crying about? Um, I can't remember this time. They don't like bass at the current moment, so maybe really? my kids, My kids have always loved bass, so. Uh, he, he did like two weeks ago. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Fickle. It, He's fickle. Yeah, it, it changes. So uh, I will say this. As I thought about it more, so my gut reaction was Menefield won that fight. Clearly won the second and third round, and I walked away. As I forced myself to think about it more and more and more and more, there is really a really good argument for William Knight winning that fight. Because he he obviously wins the first round, right? Nobody argues he won the first round. He obviously lost the second round. Again, nobody argues that. The difference between all of the media members on MMA decision and the judges was all of the judges gave that last round to William Knight. All of the media members gave it to to Alonzo Menafield, but yeah. the more I think about it with the criteria, like Menafield didn't have anything more than control, right? Like, did he do any right. damage in that third round? But what did Knight? I guess Knight did a little he, bit. He landed. He landed those three or four bombs right at the end, right? Yeah. And like, not flush, uh, but enough to get a reaction and to get Menafield backing up. But under the criteria, if you say, okay, who was the more effective grappler in that round? Neither of them. Neither of them grappled effectively at all. Which of them was a more effective striker in that round? 100% William Knight, right? Um, And at the end of the day, you don't even consider octagon control or aggression until you go over those first two criteria and there's no winner. So in my opinion, after thinking about it, I do think William Knight was the more effective striker in round number three. So while I'd like to cry robbery here, and my uh, also my initial reaction was the same as yours. It was robbery. Yeah. The more I thought about it, I actually think William Knight probably deserved to win that fight. Yeah, no, that all makes sense. I would prefer them to score fights this way anyhow. Uh, I don't want guys being able to, guys or gals being able to steal fights just by leaning on someone against the, the cage and doing nothing for, for four minutes or, or on the on the ground for that matter. So... 
Um, I'm salty because we lost, but I, I would prefer them to score it this way anyhow. So, yeah, big win for William Knight. Um, we, we whiffed on that one. Um, how do we whiff on that one? We thought Knight was going to screw up and Minifield was going to make him pay for it. That, that's, that's what you sold me on, Dan. And he did screw up. Yeah. And Menafield did, to an extent, make him pay for it, just not enough. No. Um, the crucifix he got at the end, was the end of the first round he got the crucifix? Or some part of the second round? Thought he was going to get work done there, and then William Knight stood up, because he can do that. <laughs> yeah, Derek, Derek Lewis style. Um, we got Claudio Puelis, right? Minus 109. That was a slight underdog. He submitted Chris Gritzmacher, Nibar, uh, late in the third round. That That was impressive. Yeah, and he becomes only the first person ever in UFC history to hit two knee bars in their UFC really? career. Yeah, he, he, uh, the, the first one was like a, I don't know if you remember, it was his first win in the UFC. He had just come off the Ultimate Fighter, and he hit a wild, like, come-from-behind knee bar with, like, two and a half minutes left on Felipe Silva. Um, after getting the light, you know, zapped out of him for two straight rounds, he, like, Hail Mary knee bar. This was, like, deliberately set up. If you if you do jujitsu and you you're like you know well versed in leg locks and you are watching this fight you're like oh he's gonna knee bar him what's Gritzmacher doing wait he's just letting him knee bar him what is he doing and then he knee barred him uh, yep. it was really dumb and fucking this thing was even at cage side yelling at Gritzmacher to get up yep yep he told him to get out of there multiple times right um. Yep. That that was a fight he was yelling, get out of there. Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, no, was that the fight he kept Yeah, yelling? that was the one where okay, he was like, yeah. hey, get out of there. Yes get, yes. get out of there. And then he didn't, and yeah. he got submitted. <laughs> yeah. So we got that one right. Knight did not start off well. We should have well, – we got to follow these patterns more often, Dan. Uh, Luis Smolka, coming off a win, he's going to lose. That's just the way it goes. Um, he's one of those guys, and he lost. Uh, minus 145. Five, he lost to Vince Morales, who, t- who KO'd him with punches two minutes into the fight. Yeah, I. so, you know, you usually ask, why did we get this one wrong? Yes, why did we get this um, one? This one, we, we, were, we were wavering on this one a bit. I, I was wavering on this one because I wanted to fade both of them. I will say, yeah. shocked at Vince Morales' power. Like, where right. the hell has that been? Like, it was a Bantamweight, which, granted, you know, Bantamweights don't typically have too, too much KO power. And, like... I don't, has he ever won, like, he's never won in the UFC by KO because he's only got, like, one other UFC win or two other UFC wins, but my goodness, did he look like he had some crazy KO power that we didn't know about, and, uh, hey, caught him right on the chin. He won by KO five years ago, almost to the day, <laughs> December December 9th, in Front Street Fights for the oh, ball, remember? F- FSF. FSF. <laughs> never die. Um, yeah, and he won via KO in, uh, in Bellator against Hamilton Ash, great name. Um, but yeah, he has. It's been a while. It's been a minute, as the kids say. So yeah, I, I don't know if we got anything wrong here. Luis Smokas can't be trusted, and neither can Miss Morales. So yeah, I, yeah, it, it was a it was a bantamweight curtain jerker. <laughs> yep, exactly. So on the night, uh, a very good night for Dan. Well, actually, it was mediocre in terms of wins and losses. I went six and seven, but lost a boat. A buttload of money, uh, 336 or 337 bucks. Dan went seven to six, which usually results in losing money. But no, he had a bunch of dogs. He won 179 bucks because he had plus 115, plus 150, plus 280, and then the um, 
minus 109 was technically a dog in Puelas. So um, for the year, I've that, this this event killed. Well, the last couple I, I haven't done super good on, and I'm down to 58%. This one brought me from 60, which I want, which is the goal, down to 58, which sucks. Dan is still at 55. I'm still ahead by 700 bucks in the money game. Um, so, so, so yeah. there's still time. I'm pretty sure I said <laughs> sure. before this <laughs> event that there was still time. And I it think is. I picked, well, did I just pick up 500 in this one? You did. So, there is still time. Yeah, it's it's 700 bucks. Time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think there was, but yeah, there definitely is. Well, because of wow. these last two events, I picked up yeah. money in both. <laughs> wow. That's wild. That's wild. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about uh, Sobat. I like talking about them. It says, when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Sobat is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. Sobat is changing the game with their new product. Head over to Sobet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash sgpn that's s-o-b-e-t dot i-o slash sgpn today to join the revolution uh don't forget also forget about prize picks dan gave you some picks which i already forgot because i didn't pay attention but whatever dan says you know just rewind and listen um make make sure you head over to prizepicks.com get signed up today get 100 percent deposit bonus using promo code sgp and follow dan's picks and if you haven't already download the sgpn app we are now live in the app store and google play the app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, any deals that we have, news articles, everything is right there. And toss us an app review too. Be a buddy. All right. That's it for the picks. We what do we have coming up? We have UFC. We have a big one actually. UFC two sixty nine is coming up this weekend. So that's what next episode will be will be um zeroing in on. Have you seen the poster? Masvidal still on the poster and it does not look like Masvidal. That's a very strange picture of him. Oh yeah, he's like, like very he's very clean cut. Although yes. if you just let Juliana Pena's hair be a little longer, it would look like his and then then it would look better. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's what it is. Hair. We lost that fight, but we still got a pretty good fight card. Uh Charles Oliveira, the new champ versus Dustin Poirier for the lightweight belt. Amanda Nunes, the GOAT, putting your bantamweight belt on the line against Juliana Pena. Um, we got Jeff Neal, who's – is he still in jail or has he been sprung out by now? I believe he's been sprung out, but that yeah. is – that makes that pick weird, right? Yes. That's like yeah. a Jeremy uh, – it's like – what's his face? Jeremy Stevens when uh, he was arrested the, the week of the uh, fight and uh, Dana White kept saying like, he was going to – He's gonna fight regardless, but and you're yeah, like, Jeff, should 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 this affect him? Is it bad yeah. if I think it won't? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Neal at him, so that's what he got arrested for. So obviously he's training hard, right? Um, so he's fighting Santiago Pons and Nibio as of now. Kai Kara France versus Cody Gar- Garbrandt finally is going to fly away. I saw a picture of him. He's very very uh, thin right now. Uh, then yeah, people Colleen, love talking about people love talking about how he looks. <laughs> yes, Holian Pavia. Hollian. It's Hollian, Dan. Even though it's an R. It's Pava, right? Or Pi- Paiva. Yeah. 
Paiva. Paiva. He's fighting Sugar Sean O'Malley. So that's always fun. Josh Emmett's back, as Dan mentioned, versus Dan Ige. That's another good fight. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. So we're, what, already seven fights deep, we're, and we're we're still talking bangers. Gusto Sakai versus Tai Tuivasa. That's that's also a good fight. That's eight straight. Uh, then we got the Beverly Hills Ninjas coming up next. <laughs> so maybe we'll skip that one. But um, then we got Aaron Blanchfield versus Miranda Maverick on the prelims. Um, Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell. Ryan Hall versus Derek Minner. This is a killer fight card. Jillian Robertson's opening, starting things off. This is a damn good fight card, Dan. Yeah, and you haven't even gotten around to saying the name Randy Costa, who is nonstop Randy entertainment. Costa. Yeah, right. or Kelly? or Andre Andre Muniz either. Like yes. uh, and, who? who yeah, boy. Who submitted Jacare? Like the he's dude fighting is, your boy. He is fighting your boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is one heck of a fight card. Yeah, it's very very good. And there's probably a couple of places where I can pick up about four hundred or five hundred bucks on you if I need to. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Is, is there some? I, I haven't looked at the numbers. Is there some big odds here? That um, you like? I, I I haven't looked at the numbers either. I know there's one line that I really like. Um, very extensively that I think you'll be on the other side of, um, okay. almost almost positively. Plus, we've already uh, spoiled a pick in this on this fight card that uh, I said I was going to take uh, the underdog, and you said you were going to take the favorite. So unless you uh, change your mind and back out, uh, I've got an underdog there that I think is going to hit, and you're going to miss on. So oh yes, yes, I remember now. Yes, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. women's you're, flyweight fight. Yes, yeah, you're, you're going to take Miranda Maverick. I'm going to take Aaron yeah. Blanchfield, and despite the fact that I really like Miranda Maverick. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna win some plus money there too. So yeah, there, there's there's opportunities here for me to to pick up a whole bunch of money on you. It's good because everybody's team Gumby still. Uh, despite it's because me- when you hit plus two eighty underdogs, <laughs> or actually plus two forty back to back weeks, two forty or better. Um, because I hit Shadi on too. In in when you yep. took uh, Sean Soriano, <laughs> um, oh. you took Sean Soriano. He's on five. Um, so yeah, I mean that's why you're team Gumby. You yeah. know, you you, you want the saying. you want the big you want the big uh, underdog money. That's where all the yep. fun is. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter if you lose it, over the long haul. It's just you know you you get the adrenaline rush of of hitting big, <laughs> big plus two eighty dogs. So, all right, so you know this, this will be a fun fight card regardless of whether we have similar picks or not. Um, that will be Wednesday's show. Let's put this one to bed. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you could. Jeff Fox writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. Uh, Join up the SGPN Slack channel. It's always lots of fun in there. Um, there's channels for everything, including fights. So get on that. Um, and read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. And subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you can get us in your ear holes the second I I post the podcast rather than waiting for it to go out on the SGPN feed. That is it. And this is the time of the show where I let Dan say goodbye and he always screws it up. So here we go, Dan. Say goodbye to the people. I'm Dan Gubby Freeland. He is Juicy J. Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday.